This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name's Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. In the last episode, you got to hear a training I did for one of the regions here inside of Keller Williams, really about how to get absolute clarity every single week on the things that you really need to be doing. If you missed that episode, go back and listen to it because this week, that theme is going to carry through. We are sitting down with a guy who did something really cool. Um, back when Hurricane Harvey hit and devastated the, the south of Texas, we, as um, Keller Williams, had a big national convention that ended up getting canceled, and we shifted it to being a relief effort. And one of the things that happened was that week was we were trying to raise money for the people who were devastated by the hurricanes. And so I offered to auction off somebody being interviewed on the show. And the person who you're going to meet today made a very generous donation to charity. And the, the beauty is he also lives the book. So this was just an incredible opportunity to sit down with somebody who's been living it for four years and has applied it in unique ways, not just in terms of saying no, but also in terms of how he chooses to use leverage in his world, specifically through virtual assistance, which we know this is a lot of you have raised your hand and said, how do we do this thing? So that'll be a great conversation and stay keep, stick with this one because the second half of the episode, we end up turning the tables and we end up going pretty deep in terms of really helping this guy get the level of clarity that he needs so that he can transform one area of his life. The series of questions we're going to ask are questions you really need to ask yourself. It's going to expose for you where you're hiding, where you're currently telling yourself the story that things are okay and you're lying to yourself because sometimes it's hard to look in that mirror. You'll get to hear the questions that we asked him so that he can get clear on what his lead domino is to transform that one area of his life that he needs help most. With that, let's get into this conversation with Craig Goodliffe. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Craig, so it seems like you have been familiar with the book since the time it was released, and you're living it at a pretty high level from what it seems, yet what I'm really curious about is where do you, or when you look at the people that you coach or the people in your business, where do they struggle most living the one thing? Well, I'm going to be very vulnerable right here, and it starts with the inability to say no. And we have this inherent nature, I know as humans, where we want to say yes, because we want to please people. and I find myself falling into that trap just right there, looking at those different things and saying, this is not my one thing. This is not my priority. I can't say 
yes to this. And sometimes it's I can't say yes right now. But it was going through identifying what you're actually saying no to when you're saying yes to something. If I'm going to say yes to um, going out to dinner with my wife on Friday night, I'm going to say no to hanging out with my friends. Or flip it, because people get that one. It's when you say yes to attending that meeting, when you say yes when that person stops by and asks, hey, do you got a minute? You are inherently saying no to accomplishing the single highest priority that would make the biggest impact in your business at that exact moment. Absolutely. And one of the traps I see in people that I coach, they, we have at Keller Williams this wonderful opportunity to be on the agent leadership council, which is like the board of directors for the office. And you have people that they want that coveted position and giving up several hours every month to go ahead and work on those tasks that you took on by being on that board of directors. Take, saying yes to that opportunity is you saying no to spending more time with your clients, focusing on your business, meeting people. Well, I remember in the when you and I were chatting before we hit record, I said, where's your biggest struggle? And you said the four thieves, which for people who don't know what they are, the inability to say no, which Craig already mentioned, the fear of chaos, meaning when you start focusing on your priority, all that chaos that builds up because you feel like you need to be doing everything else. Oh, I got to be in my email. Poor health habits or an environment that doesn't support your goals. There was a fifth thief that did not make it into the book. And that was the thief of maintenance. When you say, oh, I can just swing an additional two to three hours a month, that's no big deal. You're making a judgment call based on what your schedule looks like now. However, Craig, in your experience, has there ever been an industry that hasn't gotten disrupted? No, I've yet to see the industry that has never been disrupted. Right. And in your industry, is disruption or is it, is it cyclical? Are there, are there good times and bad times? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like every seven years, <laughs> right? Well, every, every, if you look at the market, yeah, you'd look at just technology disrupting the market. Mm-hmm. You look at competitors disrupting the market. In fact, sometimes in your market, you are the disruption in the market. Mm, yeah. And what people often do is they make the assumption or they say, yeah, I can take that additional commitment on now. But what about in a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, when all of a sudden the mothership's being attacked and you no longer can afford those additional amount of hours? Yeah. Well, just something simple. And I, this was about five years ago. I heard a gentleman talk about when do you have someone else answer your phone? And I looked at how much time I was taking receiving calls and Having one of the most freeing moments was saying no to answering my phone and saying yes to having someone else answer it and making sure just that simple task happens on 90% of my phone calls that come in. So let's walk through this. The person who's listening to this is going, all right, yes, I have a hard time saying no. And even though they're not consciously saying it, subconsciously, they're telling themselves the story that they still can't leverage that out. They still can't afford to truly say no to it. What would you walk them through? What process to really identify? What's If you could only leverage one thing, if you could only stop doing one thing, what would it be? When I talk about the phone call for me at that time, that was it. How did you get clarity on the fact that the phone call was the one thing? I caught myself once, and this is in one day, true story, having 72, I can remember the day, 72 inbound phone calls where people were calling me, 72 different ones. 
And I can remember not making it through calling every one of those back. And I knew the next day, more phone calls were coming in. And the day after that, even more phone calls. Now, when it's 72, it's very easy to see you need help answering, having someone answer your phone. When it's only five minutes here, five minutes there, and there's that part in the one thing where they talk about you know, your phone rings, that's your disruption. So you leave what you're focused on, handle who was ever on the other line, and then reorient and task switch and work towards getting back to where you were at. Unfortunately, it just, it's too much of a disruption. That one little thing of your phone ringing. Steals 28% of your time. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 one of the most freeing moments was saying, okay, well, someone else can answer the phone. And someone can. So what if I'm in that in the position where I don't have 72 calls coming in a day? I feel like I'm running around with a chicken with my head cut off. I'm not even sure where to begin. There's always someone who can probably do something you do better. Always. Mm. And that might be there's high school kids can answer the phone in their part-time. There are companies that will can answer your phone. We talk, talked a little bit about virtual assistants. You can hire a virtual assistant to answer your phone. There's a lot of options out there. Some of you, you don't get inbound phone calls. Right. So it's very easy to say, oh, I don't have to give that up. Some of you don't get text messages. Well, hopefully you get some more friends. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, something more tactical that I think would help people. And, and I have done this. I remember when I was, when I'd gotten clarity on the fact that I needed to hire an executive assistant. Jay said, well, what's all the stuff that's taking up your time that really shouldn't be? I remember looking at him like a deer in the headlights and going, I don't know. And so I started tracking. Here are all the things that I am doing on just on a daily basis. I started writing it down. I looked at my calendar and I went back two weeks and wrote down everything that was on my calendar and realized how much time on a daily basis I was spending in email. I was spending lining up podcast interviews or appointments with other people, collab, just communicating and scheduling all that stuff and realized communication was a big part of it. That became number one on the list. Can somebody step in and own the communication of Jeff Woods? All internal and external contacts. And I was very specific about what that looked like. My challenge to you, who's listening to this, if you have no idea where to begin, start tracking your time. Just start writing down all the things you do, which you're going to realize that inherently is going to annoy the crap out of you because you're going to realize how many things you have to write down which if every time you switch tasks like Craig talked about, you have to reorient yourself. Think of the switch tasking cost is applied there. Think about how much time you're wasting. Then if you could only start with one, what would it be? Jeff, I got to tell you, for a lot of people, that might even be Facebook or social media. Mm. I heard this number that the average person spends roughly 30 hours. Now, I don't know if it's true or not. 30 hours on social media per week. And I went, really? And they said, yeah, they're, they're on it at work. They're on it when they go to the bathroom. Unfortunately, as disgusting as that sounds, the phone goes there too. Some people just want company. Some people are just lonely, I guess. <laughs> Someone else can do that for you. Someone else can digitally be you online. When you fast forward to where you are today, Craig, what is the single biggest thing that you struggle to say no to? Right now, you still have that inherent want to please everybody, say yes to everything. And I still look at, okay, I said yes to this, and now I've got to find a way to make it work. And 
my go-to, I'm going to tell you, is finding someone that's missing from my world to handle whatever I said yes to. Okay, go into that because I know where you got that from, but that's more profound than people realize. Okay. So uh, I'm just, I'm just going to give you, there's a, an email task that I got challenged with, and we're, we're looking at sending 12,000 emails a month. Now, that's a lot of email. And I look at how much time it would take me to go ahead and send 12,000 emails every single month and all the little nuances, like how many of them bounced and spam and stuff with email, I don't even know. And I don't even really understand email. And I realize that it's a lot easier for me to find someone. And people don't realize how affordable it actually is to find someone to handle something just as simple as email. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's that awareness thing. I remember being in a mastermind with Gary Keller and him looking at the audience and saying, anytime you feel like you're hitting your ceiling of achievement, you're missing a person. Mm. Either in the form of a coach or a mentor or in the form of leverage. My question for you who's listening to this is, where in your life do you just feel out of control? Do you feel like there's never enough time? I'll never be able to catch up. You're treading. You're just keeping your head above water. Now go into a state of imagination. Imagine, I already told you, the person exists. Wave the magic wand. They are in front of you. There is a person standing right in front of you who is the perfect person to take that off your plate. What are the two to three things they'd have to be able to do exceptionally well? Otherwise, they would not earn the right to be in your world. Will you accept the challenge of getting first and foremost clarity on what those two to three things are? And then will you go tell everybody that you know who you're looking for and find them? Craig, talk about virtual assistants a little bit. You know, let's say I get really clear on the fact that well, I'm going to use email, for example, because frankly, too many people spend too much time in email. Mm-hmm. Let's say I get clear on the fact I need somebody who can reliably be in my inbox every single day, can respond professionally on my behalf, and is able to um, follow through in terms of escalating certain emails to me. Like those are the three things they need to be able to do exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Where would I find that virtual person? We found the first two people that worked for us virtually in the Philippines in Craigslist in Manila, manila.craigslist.org. And we just went there, clicked on resumes, and there's their resume. (laughs) And they want to go to work. And the other place, just on Facebook or LinkedIn, you just type in virtual assistant and search. There are people that that's what they want to do. They want to do your email. They want to make that their one thing. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of crazy to think that something that may not be your one thing, another person wakes up and loves doing, it exists, people. <laughs> it absolutely exists. And you know there are, there are so many virtual assistant services out there these days. Upwork, Fancy Hands, Leverage, Free Up. Um, I mean, I can go on and on and on. These are a ton of ones that are out there, and we'll link to them in the show notes uh, below this. There's really no excuse. Well, even Fiverr. You can find Fiverr. people on Fiverr that I just need this one task, this one time, and I'm going to hire you because you're the professional. And because it's $5. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do that? Uh, that's where I got the graphics for my first podcast, The Mentee Done. 
I remember people were quoting me like $500 for graphics and I went on Fiverr and for five bucks, I got it done. There you go. <laughs> That's amazing. Yep. Love that. Done that. That's one of my favorites. And one step further, having that person in your world who goes on Fiverr for you and makes that their one thing at that one time. So you can go back to focusing on your one thing. Right. I think the important thing here, because I just, from an energy standpoint, I feel like I, I can imagine some of you getting overwhelmed by this. Think big, go small. Think big in terms of your vision, being the type of person who has clarity on what their 20% is and as a habit, comfortably leverages the 80% out to other people. Just imagine you're already there. Now go small. What's the one thing you can do such that by doing it would allow you to test using virtual leverage? Just one. And Craig, I think a lot of people have limiting beliefs when they start talking about using virtual assistants that um, you have to spend so much time finding the perfect right person and it's this long commitment. Is that the reality? No. What is the reality? The reality is if I were starting this today, I would write down my give up list. These are the things that I either do not enjoy doing. I do not get energy from doing them. I don't simply don't want to do them or I really think it'd be cool to do them. I just don't have the time to do it. I'd write that give up list and put my give ups in priority. Here are my give ups. One, two, three, and just start with okay, if I gave up these three things and then when I go online and I'm looking, I'm going to find someone who's already trained on those three things. Mm-hmm. And the truth is when it's virtual, I mean, you can try them out for a day if you want it. I mean, when you start looking, especially internationally, I mean, the, the cost for this type of thing can be, you know, under $10 an hour easily for, for these types of tasks. And are you willing to test $10? To prove to yourself that you actually can use leverage. Even for as low, Jeff, as $2 an hour. So let's, so let's quickly recap. Craig, what okay. I'm hearing you say is that the thing you struggle with most is the inability to say no. And what, you, re- what you realized was that if you're saying yes to accepting phone calls, checking email, doing all the 80% work, you're really saying no to doing the handful of true priorities that will generate the mass majority of results in your life. Yeah. And for you, the one thing you could do such that by doing it would allow you to focus on the 20% was to start using leverage, specifically virtual leverage. Yep. And the one thing you can do to start using virtual leverage is to make a list of all the 80% items that you really don't need to be doing, narrow it down to one, and just try it on somebody. Is that accurate? Yeah, you said that absolutely perfect. Hmm. We'll be right back. Craig, I'm, I'm interested in talking about one of the four thieves, an environment that doesn't support your goals. When did this first pop up for you in your life? I'm going to go back to my younger days and tell you that I just—I don't know about a lot of people out there growing up, but I had some of those friends that you wouldn't necessarily want to have your kids surround themselves with. <laughs> and I had some friends that you would want your kids to surround themselves with. 
And just being around the right type of people, you become, you are a product of your environment. And through a lot of my growing up, I had some friends that were college bound. I had some friends that weren't college bound. And I, when I spent more time with my friends who weren't college bound, well, guess where I ended up? Mm-hmm. Went to college and I'll tell you, I dropped out of college. You fast forward to your professional career. What did that look like? Well, I went to school for computer science, so I'm actually kind of glad that didn't pan out for me. Yeah. And right now, being in the state of Utah and having one of the largest real estate teams for closed production is pretty exciting. Mm. Now, you're a coach. When you look at the people that you coach, where is this showing up for them? How is their environment currently not supporting their goals? I see teams that they have a very supportive environment where they're all together. And some days they're together, they're on the phones, they're working together. I mean, they truly play as a team. And you see the synergy and just what they're able to create. It's astounding. Just being in that environment with those people. I mean, you can almost feel the energy. It's so exciting. Mm. And then you see the people that they kind of let anyone who wants to be a part of their business, be a part of their business. And anyone who wants to show up, just show up. And it's interesting to see how that business slowly deteriorates. And well, unfortunately, they become like the people they surround themselves with. If you surround yourself with mediocrity, unfortunately, you become mediocre. Well, this is one of the things that when I remember getting trained on Gary's model for hiring, he talks about what you want. You, you The standard is that you bring A-plus talent in your world because A's attract A's. If you bring a B-level talent into your world, B's will attract B's and they'll also attract C's. C's attract C's and D's. D's attract D's and F's. And it's so interesting how so many of us just feel like we're a superhero where we just keep telling ourselves the story that, oh, we can keep doing it. We can keep doing it until we're at the point where we're literally drowning. We just cannot get the things done that need to be done to keep the business afloat. And then you're in the position where you're hiring from a place of pain, which I've been there. And Jay looks at me and goes, are you hiring from pain or are you hiring more from purpose? And I'm going, I'm hiring from pain. He goes, great. You're not allowed to do that. So endure the pain and find the right person. Because if you just think, oh, well, I'm just going to bring on, they're just doing this little task. No, 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 no. They level the team down. It's profoundly impactful. What's the one thing that people are afraid to change in their environment, Craig, that if they just changed that one thing would make all the difference in the world? Well, when you mentioned the uh, A's being around A's, and if you don't know the difference between an A or a B, D's and F's don't know what an A or a B looks like. They think everybody's an F. (laughs) I thought you were going to say if you don't know the difference, then you're the D. (laughs) Well, actually, that might be hard language. Unfortunately, you know, if you don't think there's a problem, you might be the problem. So A talent knows what A's look like. If you're going to change something right now, change your environment simply by who you're surrounding yourself with. What if I would talk to the people, we have people who are in leadership positions in large corporations who listen to this, where they don't have that freedom. Like that, the, the team they've been assigned is the team or their superior, maybe just rank and file. They, they report to somebody who is apathetic, who's not a great leader. 
and they don't believe they have control over who's in their environment. Well, you can absolutely create control somewhere. And maybe it's you're going to join a group or an organization or you're going to create your own mastermind group. Mm -hmm. At some point, you have to put yourself in a situation where you're around other high-level talent, where you're around other A's. Yeah. I remember when... Jay and I earlier this year were in his office and we were just brainstorming. We're going, what are the biggest challenges people have with time? And we knew people lacked clarity. People lacked feeling like they're in control. And the third one that we came up with was people lacked the right community. They did not have an environment that supported their goals. And in this specific case, so many of you who you do not have direct control over everybody that's in your professional environment, you don't have that community that you can belong to outside of work that talks with the same same language, that as a standard sets big goals, as a standard chooses to be accountable to those goals, as a standard has clarity on their priorities every single week, as a standard acts in order of priority. And when they do not, they look in the mirror and they do not point the finger at other people and say, oh, my boss interrupted me. Oh, that customer called me too many times. They do not go to blame, shame, and justification. They look at themselves. Because they're the problem. That's living your one thing, folks. Which, go to the one thing.com slash membership and get on the wait list. If you do not have that community. Craig, what does it look like when you look at the people who are in your world, um, and I'm coming from the angle of a coach here. Someone is not meeting standard. Someone is, they're taking action and they're telling themselves the story that, oh, I did all that I could, but they're going to that blame, shame, justification. What do those conversations look like? Well, it goes to the result because I, mean, I think it was Gary said that if you're not thinking big and acting bold, if you're not focusing on the results, you're having a good life, but only in your own head. <laughs> if the results aren't there, the results tell if you really are doing everything you can do, if you really are doing your best. And some people live in the delusion that they are doing their best. Uh, unfortunately, there's a big difference between doing your best and the best that can be done. Unfortunately, some people, I mean, you're just not wired. You, and it Hold on. I'm going to stop you right there because you, you just went over some, one of the most powerful things I've ever heard Gary say. Mm-hmm. Are you doing your best or are you doing it the best that it can be done? Yeah, you might have to fire yourself from one of your jobs. Uh-huh. You might have to replace yourself. I can remember waking up one day and realizing that when it came to meeting with sellers, I wasn't the best guy to do that. When it came to showing homes, I couldn't, in my brain, I would stitch three and four homes together. And if we went and looked at six, I couldn't keep them apart. Unfortunately, I had to hire people better than me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I wasn't, I was doing my best. I wasn't doing the best that could be done. And unfortunately, it was my clients that suffered for it. Well, back in episode 79, which was how billionaires think and how you can redefine and set your goals, um, at the beginning, I was doing a keynote. And I, I shared the story of what Gary says the purpose of a goal is. It's to be appropriate in the moment. To cast a goal to identify some type of destination or result way out in the future that is not based on what your current capacity or comfort zone is. It's not a stretch goal, meaning that, you know, oh, it's, it would require, it's a little uncomfortable, but it's, it's still within my comfort zone. 
No, no. It's about going way out there. So big, so frightening that it requires you to look back right now and reinvent yourself. That's where extraordinary results lie. And Craig, when you said, is it the best that it can be done or is it the best, or is it the best that you could do or is it the best that it could be done? It doesn't matter what you think your current capacity is. If you want to taste the extraordinary, you have to be willing to ask a bigger question. How can I reinvent myself? How will I have to show up in the world so that I am executing at a level that it is the best that it could possibly be done? That's a whole new ballgame. Where in your life have you done that, Craig? If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be where I am surrounded by the wonderful people that I am. Just simply identifying I'm not the best person to do paperwork. I'm not the best person to figure out digital marketing. I am the best person to look at where people's strengths are and put them in that position. Mm. That's simply all it is. Folks, where's your strength? Where in your life are you currently not playing to your strength? Where in your life are you telling yourself the story that you have to do this because it's your job and you know it's not your highest calling. You know it's a weakness, in fact. Who's really accountable for that reality? Who do you think is accountable for that, Craig? Well, we create our own worlds. Hmm. We create our own worlds starting within our head. What's the first thing? Talk to those people, because I know this is the majority of the people listening to this. Talk to those people who they're investing their time and they're getting a terrible return on investment because it's going in their weaknesses. What's the first thing they can do? Get to know yourself really, really, really well. And what's the one thing they can do to get to know themselves really, really well? Take personal inventory on your skills. Take personal inventory on your results. Take total accountability for the things in your world that you are responsible for. And when I say accountability, this doesn't mean, I mean, this is an accounting practice. This is just, here's the result. This is just a measurement. Hmm. This is not, I'm going to beat you over the head if you don't do something. Yeah. I, what we've seen of the people who are in living your one thing, I can tell when the shift happens, when they become the type of person who is accountable, when in those moments, when something doesn't go their way, they inherently look at themselves first instead of pointing the finger. Where are you pointing the finger right now? When really you should be looking at yourself. And frankly, I mean, when Craig's talking about taking just inventory, that could be as simple as you pausing this episode and for 30 seconds, acknowledging that you will not take a phone call. You will not accept a text message. You will not acknowledge somebody if they walk by and say, hey, do you got a minute? And you will just ask the question. Where am I playing to my weaknesses? And see what comes. Craig, you've been living the book for four years now? Absolutely. Best four years ever. Where is the one place that you are failing and you're hiding from acknowledging the fact that you're failing? Oh, I love that you asked that question. It's back to one of the thieves. Unfortunately, fitness-wise... I'm going to tell you guys, I was one of those avid CrossFitters every morning, five, six days a week, and I got very intense. And unfortunately, I injured myself. And 
being dumb and lifting more weight than I should. And um, for me, I had my coach at that time after suffering through for nine months and watching me get progressively worse. He says, hey, man, I got to take you out. And for me personally, it, taking taking out told me, okay, I have to refocus and reprioritize myself and do something different with fitness. But hey, I know I can add more hours working. I'm going to go ahead and focus on where I'm really good. And I'm going to not ignore, I'm going to ignore where I need to really spend some time and get better. The place I'm not, I'm not working at it where I should be is the health habits. And guys, I'm going to tell you right now, that's a start and restart. And you have those times you go back and you're, I mean, I'll tell you, I went back to CrossFit and I got injured. It was doing deadlifts. And what did we do day one? Deadlifts. And I kept going and kept going and it progressively got worse and worse. I wasn't willing to change my routine. I've got uh, one of my good friends, Abraham Shreve. Hmm. He told me once it's not about, yeah, I know he's been here. He, he told me it's not about quitting. It's about starting. It's not about you're going to get knocked down. It's about getting back up. And it's about finding that different approach and just going back to the one thing question, what's the one thing you can do for your health, for your fitness, such that by doing it, everything else will get easier or unnecessary. And it's taking the option out. So this is kind of a fun thing where I am failing. I've had to increase some accountability and I've had to tell people, hey, you know what? You can count on me to show up for things that I didn't necessarily want to show up with. Like, I'm going to tell you guys, I'm not a yoga person. I'm more like a CrossFit person. However, my body in the state it is right now is probably going to benefit more from yoga than CrossFit. Mm. So let's answer. So what is the one thing you can do such that by doing it would transform your health? Show up. And what's the one thing you can do to make sure you show up? Get some accountability around showing up. Have someone that's going to, if you're going to go to the gym and this is, I speak to me personally because I am going through this right now and we're still in the early stages, but it's telling someone, okay, 5.30 in the morning, we're going to be there. We're going to work out for 30 minutes. Done. You can count on me. Mm. Just showing up. I mean, one of the other things you look at people that go to work, it's just showing up. If you're going to work from home on your computer, because I know a lot of virtual assistants are, it's showing up and being at work. Mentally, physically, just show up. So hold on. Do I, do I have permission to, to help you get to the one thing? I hope so. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're sidetracking. Yep. Do you have that person yet that you commit to showing up yet? Literally last night, I was leaving the office and I was talking to one of my team members. And I just said, hey, you're doing great. I'm glad to be in business with you. I appreciate you. And she says, thanks. I appreciate it. And mentioned how she starts working out at 530 every morning and starts a class. And I said, okay, well, count on me for showing up. Did you show up today? We didn't start yet today because she only teaches Tuesday and Thursday mornings. Okay. And I am going every other day that she doesn't. However, that's a commitment I've already made. And to someone on my team, I'm not going to let my team members down. I don't let down family. Is two, is two days a week sufficient for you? To start showing up? Yeah. Two days is better than no days. Okay. So that, that is the one thing for you. That's the start. Two days has got to turn into five days. I don't want people to think I'm morbidly obese. I'm not. I eat very, very clean, stuff like that. Someone once told me, though, strong Hold on, mind, no, no. strong I'm body. not letting you off the hook, and I'm not letting you detour. <laughs> uh-uh. Are you, and be honest with yourself, are you telling yourself the story that you found the person, or did you really find the person? We'll see when I'm being held accountable. There's times that we think we found the person, and we start something. And it quits. Mm -hmm. And CrossFit for me, I hated it in the beginning. 
I had the right coach though that wouldn't let me not show up. Mm-hmm. It was the right coach that took me out when I was injured. And unfortunately, that coach moved away. Having the right coach or the right mentor makes all the difference. And it's the days you don't show up and they don't say anything. Uh-huh. That's the days that you know that you didn't have the right person. Uh-huh. And they're calling you on your BS. So we're going to see after my 66-day challenge. What is your 66-day challenge? Okay, I do have one right now, by the way, just so you know. And it's because I coach, it's writing 10 coaching questions every single day. And right now, let's see, I've got this on my wall. Hold no on. Kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're not going there because <laughs> we're not done. <laughs> All right. I won't tell you how many days we're at then. And by the way, folks, like this is what it looks like. It's, it's, it's easy to not go where people want to hide. And I'm not saying that you're hiding Craig, but people will, will dance around and it's easy just to say, Oh, we, we, we went deep enough. But like Craig just said, if they are not going there, if they're not pushing you, they're not the right person. Do you have that person in your world right now? And if not, what would change if you did? So Craig, what I'm hearing is this person uh, does Tuesdays and Thursdays. They'll meet you at five 30. Mm-hmm. How long will you give it before you know if they're the right person? When I'm falling short, when I'm not giving my best. How will you know if you're falling short? What specific measurably has to happen for you to say I'm falling short? Either not showing up or not showing up prepared. So if you only show up, if so very day one, you don't show up. Here's here's where I'm I'm just going to turn this because you're talking about having that person, but that's not within you. Like that's, that's them. What's the one thing you can do such that by doing it will make sure you show up to be with that person? I was going to take the option out of it. What does that mean? I can tell you a thousand other places, not literally a thousand, maybe three, that there's no option of something not happening or not. Waking up in the morning, I've got a padlock. It zaps me if I'm not out of bed. There is no option on whether I get up at four o'clock in the morning or not. Oh, that's seven days a week. I'm going to tell you, taking the option out of going to the gym, I'll just be very vulnerable here. I haven't found that yet. Oh, see, now we're getting somewhere because I've heard a few times you say, I'm just going to take the option out of it. But when we try to get specific about what taking the option out of it looks like. Well, it's a hard thing. And by the way, I love that you're coaching the coach here because I, I love when I'm on the other side of this conversation. <laughs> by the way, folks, that's what talent sounds like. Yeah. In episode 50, Gene Rivers Gene River said, when you start holding people accountable, the people who whine and say that they're being micromanaged, those are people who are not talent for the role. People who are talent for the role say what Craig just said. I love this. And some of you are probably listening to this going, oh, this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's probably uncomfortable for both of us as well. But you either get to t- you either take a stand for their greatness or you allow them to take a stand for their limitations. Yep. I got that from Diana Kokoska. All right. What's the one thing you can do, Craig? Such that by doing it would make taking the option out of it easier or unnecessary. Oh, doing things like coach people to do. And I'm just going to say this because there's people listening in. So I've got to be accountable. Every single day, in fact, I'm going to empower my social media community, all my friends on Facebook, starting today. Yes, it's today, and it's halfway through Friday. I'm going to go ahead and make sure 
that my heart rate gets up into, I've got to make sure how this works. I know that I can do it into a aerobic state. So that means I've probably got to get it, and I'm not good at this. We'll say 120 beats a minute. What does that have to do with Facebook? Well, because I'm going to take a screenshot proving I did it and post it on Facebook. And every day that I don't do that, first person to catch me, I'm going to just send them 500 bucks. <laughs> now that's, that's massive take, accountability. That's taking the option out of it. Okay. I didn't see that going there. You know, for, for now, Craig is a highly accountable person for the other people out there who won't go that strong. You know, an, an alternative that could have been the one thing you can do such that by doing is just to take a screenshot of your heart rate every single day. Can you do that? And whether it's up or not, simply the act of having to take it and post it might just be enough accountability for you to get the heart rate going. That might be the one thing that such that by doing it makes taking the option out of it easier or unnecessary, which allows you to get to the gym consistently, which allows you to transform your health. That's a good one, Greg. Well, let me tell you, I unfortunately am one of those people that sometimes I'll let myself down. I know there's, you know, some of us like that. We won't let others down. When mm. someone's counting on us, when we've got someone watching, we won't fail. Yeah, well, the, the beauty of what you just said is uh, <laughs> the first person to call you out each day that you don't post it, you have to send 500 bucks to. You just told that to 11,000 people at least. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, you know, if we're not friends on Facebook, you might want to. And uh, I would go ahead and mention <laughs> the One Thing podcast and just, you know, simply put a link to this episode saying, I heard you. Heard you. Okay. Well, I, I think this is a good place to wrap. This is hilarious. I did not see it go in this direction and I freaking love it. Or I'll turn it. Is there any question that you have? Any place I can help you? Yeah. Jeff, what is the one thing that right now most people aren't doing such that by doing it, it would make everything in their life easier or unnecessary? Most common. They are not getting clarity on the very few priorities that they need to do each week. The 20% that would make everything else easier or unnecessary. I test this all the time with people in Living Your One Thing. And I'll just say, hey, what are your priorities this week? Go. And I watch the deer in the headlights come back to me. And I'm not looking, if they have to wait more than two seconds to start telling me, they don't have clarity. Mm. And for the people who do, for the people who have gone through the process that we teach, who have done a 411 and who actually write them down and look at it every day, they don't have to hesitate. They know, number one, 10 minutes of prospecting every single day. Number two, reach out to five people for new podcasts. Number three, blank. Number four, blank. They don't even have to think about it. Those are the people where saying no is easier or unnecessary because it's just so clear. These are the things I need to do and everything else can wait. I have to advance the ball on these first. Those are the people that are getting the results. That's awesome. My question for you who's listening to this, if you and I were sitting down, I looked you in the eyes and I asked, what are your priorities this week? What are the handful of things that you absolutely must get done to have the best week in your entire professional career? Would you go easy, Jeff? One, two, three. Or would you look at me like a deer in the headlights? And if so, what's the consequence of that? Craig, where can people learn more about you? 
<laughs> Good question. So one of well, the things that we do. How do they find you on Facebook? <laughs> stab me on Facebook, Craig Goodlift. There's only three of us. G-O-O-D-L-I-F-F-E. Yeah, good life if it's a good day. There we go. There's only three Craig Goodlifts in the world. One's in the UK. I'm not him. One's in South Africa. I'm not him either. I'm the one in the US. <laughs> there you go. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate the time. Uh, thank you for coming on. And honestly, thank you for allowing us to turn the tables on you and to, and to just kind of press and, and go there because I think there are so many people who are telling themselves the story that, oh, I'm getting clarity, but they're just getting some type of vague answer and they're not really pressing to go deep. Yeah, I appreciate you pressing to go deep. I've been able to fool a lot of my coaches and I always have coaches. Yeah, there you go. They assume that coaches are always accountable. They're different. Yeah, not just like not everything matters equally. Same applies to any role. There you go. Awesome, brother. Well, thank you for the time. Thank you. Well, there you have it. My conversation with Craig Goodliff and ooh, baby, I hope that you guys enjoyed that one. Uh, you know, and, and Craig and I were talking after and he was just saying, no, man, that's awesome. I love, I love it. I love the accountability. Um, folks, that's what talent looks like, right? Where in your life are you hiding from the truth? Deep down inside, you know there's something that you should be doing and you're just telling yourself the story that it's okay. It's okay that I'm not doing it. In those moments, what are you fighting for? Are you fighting for your greatness, for your future possibilities? Or are you fighting to hold on to your limitations? So much of this is a result of what Craig talked about, surrounding yourself with the right people. Maybe three months ago, I could not have had that conversation. Just three months ago. What changed? I got very intentional about forming a very specific habit, the habit of asking great questions. That was inspired because I looked at Gary Keller directly and asked the question. He says that to live a life that has extraordinary results requires that you master something and it only has to be one thing. I asked, what did Gary master? Gary mastered one attracting amazing talent into his world, A++++ level players. And then once they were in his world, he mastered coaching them to their possibilities. Not to their comfort zone, to their possibilities. Because he truly believes that your ceiling of achievement is so much higher than you can possibly even perceive. And he's going to coach you there. He doesn't accept anything less. Otherwise, you don't earn the right to stay in his world. I realized the one thing I can do, such that by doing it would allow me to develop the skill of coaching people their possibilities, is learning to ask great questions. So who did I go and model? I looked in our world. One of my partners, her name is Diana Kokoska. She's turned Keller Williams into the number one training company in the world. Her husband, Tony DeCello has over 20,000 hours under his belt as a coach. Probably one of the best coaches in the world. And I pay attention to how they act. Then I start modeling. It's been three months. I got a long way to go. The reason I share this with you is because your results may not be as far away as you think. 
when you start getting clarity on what the right lead domino is and you just start knocking it down, results can come really, really quick. In this case, I'm grateful, just grateful for the opportunity to be in the world of Gary, in Jay's world, to be able to work with Diana and Tony because it changes the person I am. And as a result, the ceiling of achievement rises. Let's recap everything we talked about with Craig. First and foremost, where in your world are you struggling to say no? Whether it's conscious or unconsciously saying yes to things you shouldn't be saying yes to. In those moments, when you say yes to email, when you say yes to social media, when you say yes to other people stopping by and saying, hey, do you got a minute? What are you really saying no to? Yourself. Where in your world are you currently doing things that you don't earn the right to do because your time is too valuable? What's the one thing that's stopping you from just proving to yourself that for one day, for one task, you can leverage somebody else? You can get somebody else to do that work for you. What's that story you're telling yourself that's stopping you? Look in the mirror. Look hard. It's there. Push through it because that's where your results lie. Not in the comfort zone, outside of it. Folks, we would be doing a disservice to you if we allowed you to get this far in the episode, to invest this much of your most valuable resource, your time, and for us to not clearly hold that mirror up to your face and say, look, and take a good look. Because you can do this. You can control your time. And it starts when you think possibilities, when you act in order of priority, when you say yes to yourself first, when you protect your time, when you're clear about your purpose and you belong to a community. It happens when you live your one thing. That's why we created Living Your One Thing. What I just said, that is the mantra of the community. What would change if you had that in your life? Find out. Go to the onething.com slash membership. If the doors are closed, get on the wait list. And if the doors are open, try the thing out. We want extraordinary results for you. You deserve them. And you can have them if you are willing to back it with action. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.